0: Welcome to the 92nd edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. I am Tiger Height. And I am your new Majestic champion, the Gallery of Many Peanuts. Yes, he won with some bullshit. I won by one. Yes, you did. But still, it was bullshit. But let's talk about Battle in the Valley. I'm gonna give it a full thumbs up. I'm gonna give it a full thumbs up as well. They had they had two spectacular matches, though. Of but, course,
1: they were both main events, but you know. Well, I <laughs> it I hate is it. what
0: it is. Well, I hate it when wrestling shows say that like two main events. No, there's one main event. Yes, there's although only...
1: they chose the wrong match to be the main event. I think but... so too. But
0: let's let's get into it when we get into it. So this was an eight man tag team match. It was Adrian Quest, Josh Alexander, Masquerade. Mascara Dorada and Rocky Romero taking on D.K.C. Kevin Knight, Kushida, and Volador Jr.
1: Yeah, you, you could have skipped this match and nothing would have happened. No, absolutely. The big story going into this is Kushida and Josh Alexander because they have their big match. So that was a nice setup, but I just did not. This match was just all it over was. The place. It was it was
0: a fun opener to get people invested. Um, I thought in a way they told some good stories with D.K.C. and Adrian um, and Adrian Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of really good showcase of those younger talent that I really like. I'm going to give it an
1: Orange Cassidy thumbs up. I'm, I'm in the same um, boat. Just because the storylines are
0: interesting.
1: F- I just it just it they, so, just, they just put it all together and it's kind of messy. What
0: are your thoughts of Rocky Romero's thing with Volador Jr. and the world historic middleweight champion that's whatever you know it's it's a cmll thing right cmll is we don't cover cmll it is so complicated we try to cover like their anniversary show but it's on random nights and we don't even know the card until after the show happens we're not going to bother with it right like at least with triple A, it's fairly consistent right and uh, really that's a bad thing about cmll it's just so not consistent right so
1: anyways, but it was a,
0: it was a really cool pendulum DDT by DKC for the win. That guy is going to be a star. I yeah. really like DKC a yeah. lot. But yeah, Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Um it was a good opener. Let's go into a match that I was surprised of how good it was. Uh, this was Fred Rosser defending the strong open weight champion against Kenta. Yeah, it gets a full thumbs up from me. It was uh,
1: it was a, it was a good match. It was a
0: good match. I thought the story was nice. Mm-hmm. It was very easy to get into it. Um, the promos were great too, by the way. They did uh, promo video packages, so everyone's caught up. Right, and that was really nice. I think that's something that's strong really leans in on because they know mm-hmm. that a
1: lot of well they know that a lot of people are probably tuning into New Japan Pro Wrestling for the first time. We'll get to that a little bit later as right. to why that's the case, but
0: um you know, it was it was good to see. Fred Rosser looks great. I mean, he has a great move set. I like his intensity yeah. and I'm happy that they're building the New Japan Pro Wrestling strong. Brand and, di- yeah. division around him, really. Right, and Kenta is going to bring more legitimacy to that belt as well. So that's always good. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think um, Fred Rosser was their first champion. So as they continue, I thought
1: Carl Friedrich was the first champion. Yeah, I could
0: be wrong. I think you were wrong. I think it was no. Who was the first? I, I think it was Rosser. I yeah. could be wrong. I could no, be no, extremely no. wrong.
1: This because uh, Kenta is now the third champion.
0: Oh. I don't know who the first champion was. Okay. <laughs> um. But anyway, it was really good. I liked it, and it was a GTS after a Juice Robinson interference for the win. Uh, is Juice Robinson back with New Japan because he signed with AEW? Yeah, I wonder if he's
1: working at New Japan's strong shows. Um, I hope under he is contract with AEW, kind of like what Eddie
0: Kingston does. Right. Yeah. Well, it's ridiculous. He shouldn't have signed with them, and it's stupid that he did. Let's go into our next match, which was for the strong open weight tag team champions. Give it a thumbs up. It was Um, a pretty good match. Oh yeah, Uh, Motor City Machine Guns and the West Coast Wrecking Crew. It was good. Yeah, it was a really well. There There was nothing about this match
1: that I did not like. Oh yeah. Um, you can West, never go wrong with a Motor City Machine Gun Right, match. but West
0: Coast really had to show up <laughs> at this did. show. They and, I mean, and, this, and they
1: did. They did a decent job at showing up, and it was a good showcase match for the tag good, division. Oh, yeah. Good
0: back and forth. Yep. Uh, the crowd was super into it, which I yep. was very, very happy about. And it was a flipping power slam thingy for the guns to win. They have two belts. It looks good with them. Yep. And I think, once again bringing legitimacy to the division, yep. and they beat Ozzy Open for these titles. Right. So, you know, we're starting to develop maybe not like a set division, but a strong division right. within that. It. It's like, okay, if the guns are going to go for these tag team champions with Ozzy Open with these tag team champions, right. I want to go for these tag team champions. Right, exactly. So overall, it's just really good to see. Our next match... It was a Loser Leaves New Japan yep. match.
1: And it we we kind of we saw this coming. Eddie, Eddie Kingston um, there, and there was Jay White. A, a lot of speculation. Um, you know, Jay White's contract was up. So yep. he was bound to lose this match. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I give the thumbs up. It was um, a oh, yeah. good
0: match. Very hard-hitting. Yep. You know, Eddie Kingston matches, they're very hit and miss depending on who you're facing. But they worked into a really good Smash Mouth style that— they did really, I think, played a good part with this because it was a loser-leaves-New Japan match. Right. It felt important. Right, and it was important. And, yeah.
1: And now, Jay White, who was a really good standard bearer for the division, for New Japan, especially during the pandemic years, he's just gone now.
0: Yep, he is totally gone. Probably going to the WWE. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope he is. Uh, Probably is was... a big contract. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Emerald Flosion for the win. What yep. I really liked about this was after the match, you put... Uh, David Finlay in a great spot by attacking yeah, I know. Jay White. He, be- yes, you
1: definitely. David Finlay made a statement, and that was a very, that was a. He's going to be a very strong competitor, I think, for someone like Kazuchika Okada, for example. Oh yeah, or he's, or
0: or like Ross or Kenta right. if he wants to right. stay within the United uh, right. in the United States. But once again, I think they're now. Well, I, let, let's just be honest. AEW is starting to weigh down quite a bit, yep. and New Japan continues to build momentum. Yes. Even here in the States, people are like, the quality is just getting to that point again. Right. And they're going to take advantage of that. Right. So, uh, overall, this was good. It was a good showcase. Yep. And I hope David Fidley stays with um, New Japan strong because they right. probably need that legitimacy that, more. star power. Right. Than in New Japan. Or in the standard New Japan, right, I should in, say.
1: Right. In, in in Japan. Right.
0: So, uh, let's go to Homicide and Tom Lawler in a uh, Filthy Rules match. I'm going to
1: give an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I really didn't understand a lot of the match, and it just kind of, again, it fell all over the place. Right. Um, you know, I think... The hardcore
0: th- matches tend to be all over the place well, when Well, I it understand to
1: that. that, but you know, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, they don't do that very often, so mm-hmm. it's kind of out of place, and so you kind
0: of get that sort of... I got that vibe from yeah. this. I really did, and I didn't want to say that but i was just like this is just not where this is supposed this is, to this be is, right right wrong
1: promotion <laughs> right
0: you know the thing is with new japan is that they do hardcore matches just not often in its awkward scene it, it is i mean uh Hiroshi, table
1: table spots are very common in new japan which is fine but hardcore sanctioned matches are just
0: not there right and they're just structured awkwardly yeah. it just doesn't work with the general style of Japanese wrestling, New Japan. I mean, there's a reason why places like FCW did not work in Japan because hardcore rule shows, albeit maybe a flash in the pan, it just doesn't work. Right. Mainstream, full-scale right. New Japan. It just, it just doesn't. But overall, the match was fine. Yeah. The crowd was super into it. Tom Lawler continues to be a great representation here in Strong. Yep. I hope he goes for the title at some point in time. Yep. And it was a um, blackout, so it looks like homicide is going to. Um, they're keeping him strong by yep. not tapping out. He passed out from right. the rear naked choke. So overall, fine. Like I said, Orange Cassidy thumbs up. It was it was okay. Our next match, I really like this. Oh yeah, one. I'm gonna
1: give this one a thumbs up. Yep,
0: uh, Zach Sabre Jr. and Clark Connors for the. Clark
1: Connors looks really strong. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> ironically, uh, for the NJPW World Television right. Champion. I still hate the look of the belt. It is super awkward. But but, what a person
1: to put it on, and what a person to face off against. Yep. It uh, was a very good showcase for Clark Connors, because he is one of their big stars. He's one of their original stars, too, when the promotion started.
0: Yeah, so, and he was he was an L.A. Dojo yeah, graduate. He yep, so, he was an L.A. Dojo graduate. So really, they're putting him in a good spot where he might be a great representation for this brand new Prom- it's essentially a brand new promotion. It is. Like, Strong is so away from regular New Japan right. that it's almost weird that they are associated with each other in right. some way, shape, or form. Right. You know, but this match was good. It was very technically wise. Yep. Um, I really liked the back and forth because Clark Connors really kept up with Z- uh, Zach Sabre Jr. Right, which is hard to do. Oh, yeah. And because it was a title match, there was 30 minutes, and they were really playing it 15, into— It was a 15-minute Oh, was it a 15? It oh, was. okay. Yeah. So they played into that 15-minute clock where yep. it literally went down to the final couple of seconds. It was like right. less than a minute. Yeah. For uh, Zack Sabre Jr. to um, hit him with a disarm her yep. and got him to tap out. Yep. So, it was great. The, that rush was very needed. Yep. And it really played with yes. it well. So, Zack Sabre Jr. is still it there. A, it
1: was a refreshing thing because you know that the main events were going to be a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, let's go to
0: the first match. This should have been the main event. Two, Two thumbs, thumbs up. up.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, this
0: I'm, I'm, I might put this in a possible match of the year. Like, absolutely. This,
1: this was an absolutely fantastic match. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh after the just disaster that the uh, Wrestle Kingdom debut was for Monet, she had to knock this out of the park, and she one hundred percent did it. And she did, and they made a lot of WWE references, which was
1: really funny. And then there was a Bailey chant. In oh the yeah, as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, there's a Bailey chant because she did a Bailey to Valley. Yeah, on, I saw that. I Tyler. thought it was really cute. Um, but I I don't know how I don't know where the, to start with The this the, match. The, the
0: tribute to Hana from yes. Sasha was or Sasha. That's going to be hard to do. Uh, From Mercedes was good. Yep. I really like the pacing of this match. This it was, was a
1: very well-paced match.
0: There was really nothing I could have made this more majestic. Um, like like, I, at like all. I said,
1: there were some nods to the WWE, but they didn't like overdo
0: it. And they weren't saying, you know, fuck WWE. It was more of like it was more Mercedes. Of like, Mercedes is doing moves of her best friend, essentially. Right? Why who's not? In San Jose. Who's <laughs> right. They're in San Jose. Jose. Right. Exactly. Um, or or like stories because I think
1: the announcers, uh, one of them was um, in English. Yes, it was. So, um, of course, he was there when she debuted and everything like that. So there was a lot of just nostalgic road tripping mm-hmm. going on. And uh, Sasha wasn't. Why wouldn't you? Right, and 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 Mercedes wasn't trained anywhere outside of the WWE before her
0: debut here in New Japan. And she kept up with it quite well. Yeah. I'm 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 happy that she did. Now the speculation is she's going to finish her time in Japan, and then go back to the E at this point because McMahon is no longer in charge of creative. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that yet, right? She might um, see, she might stay there for a couple of years, depending right. on her schedule it, with um you know Star Wars right. and all of that. It, it depends
1: on her contract, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many matches she is signed to, but apparently the deal is pretty significant,
0: right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, she is a draw, clearly. I mean, right. when they she when had, they announced... she
1: had the biggest pop of the night. She's, oh yeah. the match itself set a record for the. For the like the the event was sold out within minutes after that match was in a, was,
0: was announced was announced and oh. I'm surprised it wasn't the main main event. Yeah. Why wasn't this not the main event? Now this, I like Okada and Tanahashi, but this should have been the main event. Yeah, this this, this was the This match. brought people into the door. It did. it did. Also, this was the longest match of the show. Yep. Now, albeit, let's at least say this: it was not a big building. Like no. this was a smaller capacity right. arena. Right, it was
1: like a thousand or fifteen hundred people in there. There wasn't a ton of people. But
0: the the needle definitely moved when the match between Kyrie and Monet was announced. Yeah, it was so clearly there was interest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, how does how do they follow up with this? Because now it was the um, it was a Monet. What did she call the Monet maker for? Mm-hmm. I want to say Sasha. I don't know Four, why for, major,
1: for Mercedes to win. This <laughs> this is going to... This legitimizes the IWGP Women's Champion. This, right. This match right I need, to get,
0: I need to reprogram myself. I mean, Kyrie did too, but I think Mercedes was a much bigger star overall. Yeah. I mean, they both spent time in the WWE, so there there wasn't an yeah, issue but, with that. but once again, Kyrie did not have the drawing and the star power that Mercedes had at that time either. Right. She was... I don't want to say in and out, but in comparison, I mean Mercedes was there for ten years. Ten years, right? And this was her first match outside of the WWE system ever, and right? You
1: know that she is going to go and do things in Japan for a while. Well, um, she has one of their belts now. She right. almost has to contractually, right? So and so, you know, it's a good,
0: it's it's a feel good
1: moment. Oh you yeah, knew that Mercedes was going to come in and win this match. Oh yeah, but <laughs> but
0: it just it, it did not feel they awarded her the belt. It right. looked like she had to work for it and. Uh, based on what I saw, that she really had to impress. Yeah, there was, a, there
1: she was did. a. She uh, produced a short documentary um, mm-hmm. regarding that setup. So it, it was pretty good from what I heard. Yeah, that's
0: what I heard too. Uh, let's go into our main event, which it shouldn't have been. It is uh, Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi for was, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Once again, it's a two thumbs, thumbs up, up match, but once again, we have a much different thing. We have seen this match a bunch of times. You know it's going to be a banger. This was the proving ground right. for two people. Right. This was something where it's easy. Right. And I think New Japan likes to be easy. They yeah, wanna they, they wanna be comfortable in this lane because they've never promoted women's wrestling like this. Right. This is this is new for them. Right. So I, I
1: think I think this match was here because it just helped. I think it helped the American
0: audience to kind of see what the style is like. Right. From two of the best honestly two of the best um to and ever to ever do it and this is going to be a lot easier for people to kind of get accustomed to then watching a show from japan right exactly so um
1: again it was it was a banger match but how can you go wrong with tanahashi and uh, okada, and okada? You, can't. you can't right um i wish that tanahashi i hope that tanahashi does get another title reign in him Yep, I think is, so. I think he's he's getting up there in age.
0: Yeah, he's in his mid-40s, I yeah. believe.
1: So, um, you know, I hope that he gets a, a run with the
0: title. Well, de- but- depending on how, you know, how he keeps himself healthy. But I, I agree with you. He should, you know. Uh, for a guy who's been wrestling as long as he has, mm-hmm. he just hasn't made, messed, missed a step. There we go. Uh, but, you know, it was Rainmaker for Okada to win. Not surprised about that. And but, then you I know, think. It was, it was the safe bet. Right. This was the safe match. It so, was. overall, I like Battle in the Valley. I'm glad that we didn't watch it live because that was a four hour show yep. compared to the three hour before. Yep. Um, but it was just a lot easier to get through yep. uh, 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 Elimination Chamber yep. that night. So, when we come back, Peanut Gallery, what are we talking about? We're talking about Jerry Jarrett. All right. We'll be back. All right, we are back, Pina Gallery. Let's talk about Jerry Jarrett. Yeah,
1: and um, obviously, you know, if you saw the news story, I think this was the biggest news story of the week beyond the pay-per-views um, that we are covering in this show. But Jerry Jarrett passed away, um, and uh, I just want to talk about it because I I think when it comes to when it comes to wrestling knowledge. Um, you know, you often hear probably McMahons, you hear, uh, you know, um, Jim Cornette, you hear the journalists, of course, uh, you hear about Dusty Rhodes, you hear about Eric Bischoff, but you don't really hear a lot about Jerry Jarrett.
0: I think it's really more centralized to, you know, the Southern wrestling, because this is. is really a Southern wrestler promoter.
1: Yeah, he is. Um, but he, he started his career as a referee. Decided to become a professional wrestler, and this was all in his father's promotion. So uh, Jeff Jarrett is a third generation, so Jerry Jarrett obviously is the second generation. And that is
0: and that is this one, the inter, uh, Intercontinental or the, Continental Wrestling yep. Corporation. So the
1: Continental Wrestling Corporation, I don't know if it was founded by Jerry Jarrett's father um, or if he was just that person in charge at that time. Of that promotion, but um, when his father stepped away, he really took the reins of it. Developed a relationship with, I believe, Jerry
0: Lawler's promotion because Continental
1: Wrestling was based out of Nash or uh, Nashville, I believe. Yes. And then you
0: don't, you don't, you don't do it out of Memphis unless your name is Jerry Lawler, <laughs>
1: right? Um, and Jerry Lawler's promotion was in Memphis, and then they merged and created the USWA, in which they were both kind of part of that, uh, they were both part of that management team, so they kind of co-booked it together. Um, Eventually, though, um, Jerry Jarrett kind of stepped away from the USWA and worked with WCW for a number of years as more of the backstage consultant. So when, when I think about, you know, Wrestling Minds you know a lot of it has come from the uh, from a wrestling standpoint or a wrestler standpoint I mean beyond a McMahon who was never a wrestler um, he wanted to be though he wanted to be a wrestler but he never he never became a wrestler <laughs> uh, at least on a full-time basis um, Jerry Jarrett was just kind of there in the background consulting WCW pretty much throughout most of its it, Most of its early existence. I think he jumped over to the WWF um, in the mid-90s, if I am not mistaken. Because
0: I know that Jerry helped them out. Yes. uh, This was kind of before NWO, right when Turner... Change the name. Right, so this
1: was in the late 80s into early 90s. Yes.
0: Um, but, uh,
1: yeah, he worked as a backstage consultant for World Championship Wrestling for a very long time. Um, and then, of course, uh, after his stints with WCW and WWF, um, this is probably... Most people are probably going to know about NWA TNA, which Jerry Jarrett did co-found with his son and really brought it through the early years. Um, and we're talking, like... You know, of course, the NWA era, the the weekly pay per view shows that they did, um, and then even into helping uh, get the Panda Energy financing together um, before he himself stepped away, and I think he did that in two thousand and seven. Yeah. Um, whereas, of course, his 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 son, his co-founder Jeff Jarrett, remained with the company. Well, there for... were three.
0: There weren't there three people that founded TNA. There,
1: I, yes, there were. Um, I, I But the focus is, of course, right. On the Jarrett's, because when it comes to the Jarrett's, this is probably what they're best known for. And, and, right. it's, and it's not just the, the long Jarrett. The
0: longest surviving promotion, too, because, right. you know, uh, WCW... I mean, if you want to count the Jim Crockett promotion era as a part of the lineage, you can, but it's still... He did not fa- he did not found it at right. all. Um, the Continental closed down shortly after Jerry left, Right. Um, or he closed it down. But really, um, yeah.
1: Well, USWA was under Jerry Lawler's um, right. tutelage for a while until until of course that was shut down. Right. Um, I think it was bought out by Jim Crockett Promotions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was
0: he, uh, the Jim Crockett Promotion. Pr- pr- eh. Jim Crockett Promotions and WCW bought out a couple of the smaller yep. promotions yeah. when uh, when uh, Ted Turner was getting his stuff together yep. for the McMahon te- for the McMahon rivalry because right. it wasn't just WCW and Jim Crockett that was just the biggest one and right. the crux of the issue
1: right and and so um, you know when we talk about this of uh, of course. Um, Jerry kind of stepped away from NWA TNA, which was just at the time known as TNA and of course today known as Impact Wrestling. Yep. But that was really his biggest stint. Now, let's talk about the legacy because, you know, when we talk about Jeff Jarrett, you know, of course he is better known for his wrestling than he is for, mm. I mean, I think his equal parts, honestly. I think equal it's equal parts, yeah. Wrestling and promoting. And his success as being a promoter is a mixed bag. Quite you know, if you want to be frank about it. But he has mm. he has done a lot of good things in the wrestling. Yeah, community. I mean
0: we wouldn't we wouldn't have had impact wrestling without him. Uh really he actually helped out a lot with the mm-hmm. English to Japanese commentary for some of the Wrestle Kingdoms in yep. the past. He uh, did that for also A as well. Yep. So really, Jeff Jarrett's collaboration with these other brands like New Japan and A really introduced, gave us the first taste of that, Ameri- like the Americans, that right. taste of those different styles. He, yeah, A little more mainstream than yeah. it was back in the day because you had to be in the know to get this stuff right. back in the day. Right. Um, and you know, of course,
1: then he moves on. He worked with he worked with WWE for a number of months, and then now he's working with with uh, AEW, AEW as
0: a um, as a director of business development. Yep. I think. I mean, the only thing that I can say that there would be a benefit with Tony at that point is because Jarrett already has the connections to other yep. countries around the world. But at the same time, he's been there for a minute, and he's, yeah. he's wrestling. It's right. like, why are you wrestling? Why are you on right. show? Why are you taking up
1: TV time when you could be actually doing your job and consulting?
0: Right. I'm, I'm, just, I'm confused on what his job is, and I think Tony gave him the nice cushiony job because, number one, he wanted to get paid more. But I think he just wanted to wrestle again. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. you look good for your age, but at the same time, are you really – Helping the brand.
1: Well, you know, and, and we. I think we I think did, he, I think
0: he was in a better spot when he was wrestling with GCW because at the very least he is a draw within a much smaller capacity.
1: Right. But we're not here to talk about whether or not his position is is good. But you know, when when it comes to wrestling geniuses and and people who know their stuff, I mean, the whole
0: the whole Jarrett family is the I whole mean, the
1: whole Jarrett fan. Yeah, the the entire family and Jarrett's I,
0: Jarrett's grandma. She ran the promotion after I think her husband passed away. Yeah. Even for a while there more, so these there's, pe- there's a lot of knowledge in it. And we mm-hmm. cannot
1: discount that, even though it again was a mixed bag as far as Jared's. Jerry and Jeff Jarrett's ten years. But you know the best way to learn from the best way to learn from failures to make those failures in the first place. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're not gonna
0: you're not gonna grow without learning from those failures with some level of success. Obviously, Jerry went from promotions to getting jobs with the WWF and WCW and stuff like that, where that may have not have been easy to get at that time. Right, because he kind of had to be in the know. Right, and Jeff Jarrett kind of in the same avenue, where because it is Jeff Jarrett, he has experience as a promoter, as somebody who's worked internationally. Mm Mm-hmm that's why he has this
1: but but again um you know when it comes to the jarrett's you cannot discount the fact that they they know their stuff they know the inner workings of the business they know how this business works Mm -hmm. um but i just wanted to pay a little bit of homage to jerry Jarrett. um again one of the unsung heroes of the consulting and the managing of professional wrestling as an industry yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) No, I, I I agree with you. I can I can see and agree with you on those mm-hmm. points absolutely. Um, and you know hopefully the uh, hopefully that that
1: legacy and and that knowledge doesn't go away.
0: Oh yeah, no, Jared. I mean Jared has like four or five kids, yeah. so I'm sure it'll be just fine in yeah. the future. But it just really depends on what their interest is in getting into the business. Right. Don't try to emulate or think that you have to be within the business to do it because wrestling takes passion. And if you're not passionate about the business, don't even bother going into it. You know, so, um, that's all I've
1: got. Um, well, we're going to step into your soapbox here coming up.
0: Absolutely. So after the break, we'll be going into my soapbox. All right. We're going to get on my soapbox here, kids. Let's talk about Raw. Raw was kind of all over the place, but it was number one in the top 150. It was a 1.822 million viewers next to 1.866, so down there, and then it was a 0.47 demo next to a 0.55. These are important, but overall, still number one on Mondays. Not a big surprise there. Uh, The triple threat segment here that you see in the picture was just to set up the main event, which was fine. This was before Elimination Chamber, so uh, keep that in mind. Uh, The Prophets versus the Judgment Day was a fun match. Not a whole lot to say about it. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley's contract signing was good. Lots of good, beefy energy that really got people invested into it overall, and Lashley continues to be much better at promos, getting more comfortable with it, which I I think is why MVP is no longer Mm -hmm. with him. Uh, Piper Niven and Meechan was an absolute nothing, nothing to say there. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn had an excellent back and forth promo because of where they're going to be as it relates to Roman Reigns. This is before Elimination Chamber. Baron Corbin and Cody Rhodes, once again, was an absolute nothing. Cody Rhodes beat Baron Corbin while he was wearing a suit. Obviously, you can see where Triple H lies in his confidence within the Lone Wolf. (laughs) Uh, So, Bronson Reed and Ali was nothing, but the only positive there is that Bronson Reed is getting reactions from the live crowd because of how, how good he is, and hopefully they continue with that, and based on hindsight after Elimination Chamber, I'm really starting to see the potential with the guy overall. Uh, the six-woman tag was fine, promoting the chamber match. All the women were involved. The Miz TV segment was fine. Rollins' boots were just ridiculous. They were that. Oh, yeah, I saw I the saw bright, The bright red boots, yeah. They're like 350 bucks. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Rick, Rick Boogs and The Miz was nothing. For some reason, my um, notes wanted to rename it Boots. It's Boogs. <laughs> um, on TikTok, it calls it boobs. So it's like, whatever. Whatever. Uh, Bianca Belair, Bailey, and Becky Lynch's triple threat was a good main event. I like this stipulation, and it was just easy to digest overall. That was raw. Nothing else to say. Uh, Peanut Gallery, do you have anything to add nope. for that? Okay, moving on. NXT. Because NXT actually bumped up. It was uh, 640,000 viewers, with uh, last week 562,000. So a significant boost. In overall and it was a 0.15 demo next to a 0.12 and it was ranked to number 17 in the top 150 of that of that day. Uh, Grayson Waller and Tyler Bate was a fun opener, but the rivalry with Shawn Michaels and Grayson Waller I am concerned about because unless we're going to see Shawn Michaels versus Grayson Waller, let's not get management involved in a storyline. That's really the only thing that I can say regarding that is it's never worked. This won't work. I can already tell you it's not going to work. Uh, JC Jane's segment was okay. She needs some work with the talking segments, but I see where they're going. I see why they are digging her, but let's see what we can do in ring-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Gigi's taking some time off, which is why she's not there. Uh, Tiffany Stratton continues to impress me, and Hale was fine, but I am intrigued by the schism feud with Chase U and specifically Thea Hale. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know that Ava Rain's name is now just Ava. I'm a little annoyed by that, but it is what it is. Uh, Braun Breaker needs a mouthpiece so bad. And I've been saying that forever. He just does not have it yet. It's almost there, but he really needs to break in. I think with experience, he'll get better. But once again, He is your NXT champion. He's getting called up around Mania. It's going to happen. Well, yeah. Um, And
1: it really just depends on—
0: And and then the thing between Jinder Mahal and Breaker, uh, I know he's not going to lose the title, but I think he really needs to lose the title. I think Jinder Mahal beating Braun Breaker for the NXT champion next week would blow the roof off of the place. Uh, People are getting tired of Braun. Yeah. They're getting tired of Braun Breaker. He's showing up a lot more than I'm comfortable with. Right. We already know he's good. And I even suggested this. What about Braun Breaker's mouthpieces, pieces, and I'm doing this on purpose, are the Steiner brothers? Right. Because they already know how to talk. I just, I just don't think the WWE is interested in, in signing. Uh, Scott, Scott would be a little bit harder of a push because of who's in charge of creative. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think that would be really, really funny personally. Uh the Wesley and Von Wagner match it was fine it was for the title it was an open challenge they got to do something with Wagner he's getting better but he's just he's, he's just, not winning right. so i i just don't care um Dempsey and It was um, uh, uh, Charlie Dempsey and Hank Walker was an absolute whatever. But I'm intrigued of the alliance between Drew Gulak and Charles Dempsey overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trick Williams, Ilya Dragunov, and J.D. McDonough in a three-way feud. I'm okay with it overall, but we just need Trick doing more. Mm -hmm. Because I like Trick, but he still kind of feels like Carmelo Hayes' bitch, and that's not a good thing. Because you have a star with him. And then finally... Um, Katana Chanson, Caden Carter taking on Miyako Satomura and Roxanne Perez was a good way to set up the women's match with Satomura and Perez, but they're not waiting for this match at Stand and Deliver. They have, they, ha- they should. Why? Why is it not at Stand and Deliver? Oh, oh yeah, well. I don't know no, they're not. They're That's the issue. They should build that for Stand and Deliver. Right. They should. Miyaku Satomura has only had a couple of matches within NXT's product. She needs more of that American exposure. And I think if they wait, it would just be overall better. Oh, God. AEW Dynamite did 824,000 viewers next right. to 899,000 last week. And it was a 0.27 demo next to a 0.3. I couldn't find where it was on the top 150, but I can guarantee you it was not number one because it didn't say that. So the eight-man tag was an absolute waste of time. My God, Uh, there was lots of energy with it. The the people were happy about it, but Jarrett wrestling, I mean, Jeff Jarrett wrestled this match, I think like a day after his dad's death. So uh, good for him, I guess. The Texas Tornado tag match with the Blackpool Combat Club taking on La Faction Ingo Bernabele was a mess. An absolute Sounds disaster. like it. Oh, my God. Um, Mark Briscoe and Josh Woods was fine, but the issue is, what are you doing with the tag titles? He's still coming out with one of the tag titles. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Ring of, honors, Ring of Honor is redoing shows here in March. Yeah. They got to figure this out sooner rather than later, because then nobody's going to be a tag division in Ring of Honor. Right. You know? So we already suggested what to do with it. We're not going to reiterate it because I feel like it would be kind of useless. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. To do that. Uh, MJF segment was a total waste of time. It didn't further the story with him and Bryan Danielson at all. And once again, this is not generational promo. This is not the MJF that we need to see right now. Right. He's getting boring. Like, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, it's cool after a while, but we got to do something else. Right. There's, no, there's no variety. There's right. no life in it. It's almost like he's on coast mode. I mean, I would, too, if I was working for this shit-ass company. Uh, Jack Perry and Brian Cage was fine, but Christian Cage returning is good for Jack Perry. Yes. Christian Cage has legitimacy. Right. He has that energy, and I think him being back in the dynamic is good. Luchasaurus is still hurt, but Christian back is fine. You good? Yep. And finally, um, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, and Britt Baker just devoid of life. It was <laughs> so. I heard about this one too. I heard I've, about this, this, segment, this segment. I'm for this match. Tony Storm getting her ass sprayed by Soraya when she was going to do a hip attack was so embarrassing. That was so bad. There were even AEW diehards that were saying that this match was bad. There's no light. These women don't care. Yeah. If if these women actually come up to me and say, I really care about what we're doing, you're lying. You are absolutely lying. Who is the world champion? (laughs) Could have figured that out. Jesus Christ. Also, the freelancers. Come on. That's ridiculous. Now, Impact Wrestling actually went up quite a bit, um, 92,000 viewers, next to 81,000 viewers last week in a .02 demo, next to a .01, and they were 145 in top 150, so they actually broke that, so good for them. Uh, Chris Bay and Kushida was good, and also this furthered a storyline for No Surrender. Remember, we're not going to it, we already discussed Why? Kind of wish we are, but it is what it is. I'm not going to three nights of fucking wrestling. That's way too much. (laughs) Um, Steve Macklin and Rhino are much better contenders in the four-way than last week, but the match eh, was—they just didn't gel well. It happens. Barry Horowitz and the Kiss Demon are absolutely embarrassing. I do not know why Impact Wrestling is continuing to bring back these fossils. They are—they don't look good. They just are horrible, and people did not care um, it's a down for impact and they need to stop with it. Like legitimately, they need to stop with it. Bring back maybe some of your own legends and have them wrestle or do something if they can at all. Oh my God. Eddie Edwards and Heath are once again, better contenders than last week. And PCO is in the fatal four way, but Eddie Edwards is not. It's just kind of weird because they're in a rivalry, but PCO is going to be in a four way to determine the next contender just weird. Whatever. Too many rivalries. And then finally, Kenny King and Rich Swan was a good main event. Small story, but I'm totally into it. Kenny King is really starting to shape up to be a credible threat for the world champion at some point in time down the road. He's doing better promo work. He's in bigger high-profile matches. And Rich Swan is the next number one contender. He's right. facing Alexander for the title at No Surrender. Right. So him being in this match is showing confidence of... Kenny right. King. So I'm very, very happy about that. SmackDown. Hooray. Um, 2 million. Um, 2 million. Or is 2.254 million next to 2.39 million from last week. So much better. Or maybe not much better. Actually, no, that's down. My brain just froze there for a second. And it was a .5 demo next to a .6 from last week. Um, I really liked... They were in Montreal. They were in Montreal, yeah. And then the pay-per-view was literally the next night right. in the same arena. So maybe that's kind of why people are waiting. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Natalia and Shotzi was a fun opener, but I really want Rousey and Shayna to go for the tag belt. Mm. They are the only really legitimate, credible contenders at this point yeah. for these titles. And it needs a facelift. And yeah. also would get Ronda away from the main title picture. Right. And we got to start elevating. What? We got to start elevating smaller championships, you know? Uh, Bray Wyatt is the ultimate babyface by attacking Hit Row during their shit ass concert. And um, either way, Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar or Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley, I'm cool with that for Mania, but in hindsight, why didn't he show up after their match? Right. No way do I. Anyway. Um, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus taking on the Viking Raiders it was a lot of fun, hard-hitting, and the rivalry is good. I dig it. I'm really hoping the Vikings do something else, and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus do something else as well. Right. I don't see that happening, but you never know. Asuka and Liv Morgan was a fun match, but the story where Carmella antagonized them on Twitter that set up the match kind of weird yeah also Carmella on commentary does not need to happen anymore and finally Madcap Moss is looking better and better um but I think he needs to stay in NXT for a while Sami Zayn segment was good it just got the energy up at the very end obviously it's in Montreal by the way Worlds Apart is back cool and finally Rampage Ugh. I couldn't even find demos and ratings for this, and I'll be honest with you. Who I would, cares? I know. It's awful. It probably was down because this was embarrassing. Um, the Elite versus AR Fox and Top Flight, it was good because all six of them have an energy that I like, and they gel well, but the basketball shit needed to stay. Stop. <laughs> they were playing with basketballs almost the entire match. I'm like, this is not basketball. I get it. The All-Star Game is going on, too, and that's why they had it. Right. They, they had to move time slots because of the All-Star Game. Right. So, there we go. it was just so dumb. Uh, poor Ricky Starks. His career is becoming damaged because of this Jericho Appreciation Society crap. It is death. 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 You can't save the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society, but Tony Khan... Please get Ricky Starks away from these people. They are hurting his career. Just God. Just go go back to NWA, Ricky. Like, seriously. (laughs) He was probably treated better. Yeah. Uh, The TBS champion is absolutely useless. There is no reason for it at this point. I'm like, oh, wow. They needed it at that time. But now, do we really need to give these women another champion? It's like the NWA. The NWA is introducing the NWA women's television champion. Why? You... Mm, I'm going to strangle him. But uh, no actual challengers for Jade Cargill. Nobody is taken seriously, and nobody cares. <laughs> You're just like, nobody cares. The TBS champion is on TNT. Right. Like, come on. And finally, um, the Dustin Rhodes and Swerve Strickland, they had a fun match. Dustin can still go if need be, and there was a rivalry, and that's fine. Uh, good action. Keith Lee's return went over absolutely poorly like absolutely oh yeah no one cares oh well i mean half of the building was empty but at the same time it's like come on for the love of christ please let him go (laughs) you can tell he does not give a shit about this stupid fucking company nor do i but that is my soapbox i told you how it is when we come back we're gonna not only talk about elimination chamber and make it majestic again but we're gonna make pro wrestling majestic again we are back Elimination Chamber. One thumb up. One thumb up. It was a lot better than I expected it to be. Oh, yeah. This, B- was,
1: this was the best Elimination Chamber I think I have ever seen.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, that's that's some high praise from peanut gallery. we have been watching Elimination Chamber, the matches, and the pay-per-views since no, their inception. This, this was an
1: excellent, excellent show. But
0: why only a one thumb up, then?
1: Because it wasn't a two-thumb-up banger. Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's talk
0: about our first match, which was to determine Bianca Belair's next challenger for the Raw Women's Champion at WrestleMania. Oscar, Carmella, Raquel, Rodriguez, Nikki Cross, Natalia, Liv Morgan. This gets a full thumbs up.
1: Oh, absolutely! It was, a, it was an excellent match.
0: It was well. Here was
1: well again. Okay, so chamber matches. They have their issues just in general, and you're going to have all the usual spots. The pacing
0: like this was very oh, strange. Oh, yes. the,
1: the pacing at the very end, like, they rushed the end, I think. Yeah,
0: I think they did too. I don't know why, but um. so Nikki Cross was eliminated after she went through the pod. It was a pass out from a sharpshooter and an Oscar lock to eliminate Liv, so I like how they kept Liv strong still. A super kick to eliminate Natalia, a double kick to eliminate Raquel, and then finally Asuka lock for Asuka to win. That was the right choice for Bianca
1: and and all of this happened within the span of like five minutes I know
0: everybody was in the match by that point so it's yeah. like well what the hell right it was just very strange yeah, there was a there was. was a way to do it but they had like one elimination then another then it was like a slow pace and then it was like boom boom I'm like whoa okay and then finally it ended I'm like all right it was all over the place the entire time but overall the women did very well yep. nobody looked weak no nope. and I'm very happy about it Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. It was a low blow for the DQ. Yeah, I got to do the same. It was you this, know you,
1: this match should have been
0: saved for, for Mania. Mania. Yeah, it should have been saved for Mania. I think what you they won.
1: You didn't need the DQ finish. You just should not have had the match.
0: I think they're gonna do like an actual fight or like something unsan- like an unsanctioned rules right. or whatever for right. Mania, right. which is fine. But you mean. could have saved that and, and then had these two right. big beefy guys just like right. for weeks and people would still be stoked on say okay unsanctioned fight at mania perfect we did not right. need this match for elimination chamber no like at all they did it to stealth tickets i know why. i know um but you know lesnar with a post-match attack to bobby Lashley, but lesnar could not beat Lashley. He had to use a low blow i like the story being told everybody still stayed strong once again good stuff there Let's go into our mixed gender tag team match, Judgment Day versus the Great Couple. I'm in the same boat. It's hard for me because Rhea won the Royal Rumble. She shouldn't have had another rivalry other than Mania. Right. And and I was disappointed that Ray didn't show up. I know Dominic came in and went out, and he was the ultimate heel. People hated oh, yeah. Dominic. No, yeah, Dominic was just had. Fantastic. Ra- they they should have they should have had Ray come in because he interviewed her a couple of times, and then you set up Ray versus Dominic at WrestleMania. Right. That's how you should have done that. But right, I don't know if Ray not facing his son is IRL or whatever, but he continues to antagonize his dad, and right. this would have been the. Perfect, perfect, perfect opportunity. Yeah. Because Rey Mysterio just is not doing much over there. And once again, the antagonistic of Dominic is great. Have it for Mania. People want to see it. Right. Like, that'd be cool. But I guess you got to finish this off. Edge is going for the United States champion tomorrow for Raw. I'm just disappointed. It was a fun match, but at the same time, it should have been somewhere else. It should have been like... After Mania so Rhea could have focused on Charlotte. Right. Because them splitting the focus was not a good thing. No. It just just wasn't. But it was a shatter machine. They actually said the shatter machine, which is FTR's move, when Mm -hmm. they were— The Revival. The Revival. Thank you. Um, And that's how the great couple won. But yes, the great couple won. And then we had our Elimination Chamber match for the United States Champion. Two thumbs up, by the way. I loved this match. It was. It was a good match. It was Austin Theory, Montez Ford, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Seth freaking Rollins. Everybody looked just like a star. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bronson Reed with the power and the speed. Perfect. Johnny Gargano really came back with some great babyface fire a couple of times. Just everybody had their time to shine, and everybody did it in spectacular fashion. Even Montez, right? Where that was the big that was the big one. Yeah, like if Montez can hang, and he did. Uh He did it. Oh, absolutely, literally and figuratively. Remember, he did the splash off the top of the pod. it was it was a good one. So it was a one final beat a stomp and from the heavens to eliminate Bronson. Mm-hmm. It was razor's edge to eliminate Gargano. It was a street sweeper to eliminate Priest and I said check later but I didn't because I was lazy. But I don't know how the other two were eliminated. I was making dinner, and Pina Gallery is useless about notes. So, <laughs> I mean, you are. Come yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. But overall, Theory did win. Oh, um, one of them at the very end, Logan Paul. Oh, yes. Logan Paul came in, it came interfered. In, interfered on Theory's behalf against Rollins, yep. and it was a town down to eliminate Rollins, and Theory retained. So awesome, obviously awesome, awesome.
1: Obviously, we're getting Logan Paul and Seth Rollins at Mania. Awesome. And um, depending on Jay White's status, I think that he is going to be the surprise, you know, the, Cody, the Cody Rhodes
0: surprise for this Austin year.
1: Theory or Edge, possibly, since Edge is going for the United States Championship.
0: Right, exactly. Um, I think that will be kind of where it is. I, I want to see Austin versus Jay, to be honest with you. There will be plenty of time for Edge, but I think we have something else for Edge in planned. But it is what it is. Yeah, I still absolutely adored this match. It was a hard, it was a hard sell with some of them, but I think it really showcased on how good everybody is here. Yep. Um, i I was just so happy about this. And right, finally, main the events. main event. What a moment! Two thumbs up. Oh, I put it. I put it in match of the year candidate. Oh, absolutely. It was.
1: It was an. It was a fantastic. This, you know, the storyline, everything. Roman I mean, Reigns, Sami Zayn.
0: Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, undisputed Universal Champion. Just the feeling in that place was incredible. Yeah, I don't think there was a roof
1: on that building. No.
0: I mean, the, the foundation has been rocked a couple of times. I mean, Reigns played into it so great. Sammy yep. Zayn looked awesome. They gave this plenty of time, yep. lots of breathing room for the crowd to react. Um, Sami Zayn and the wife also getting involved in some way, shape, or form. Playing into that mm-hmm. was very, very good as well. And it's, you know, it's rare to see Sami Zayn's family. He does right. not do a lot of stuff posting-wise about his personal life. So him being okay with that really added to the match and it that did. value.
1: It did. Like, they, they could not start... Because like it took them a couple of minutes when the bell rang to start actually performing moves because of how electric that crowd oh, was. Oh, I know. They
0: needed people to calm down because right. that's how you sell tickets. That's why people go. Right. People want to be in that kind of crowd. Right. You know? Um, but it was overall great. This was so spectacular. Even though Reigns won. Even though we won. Mm-hmm. It was it was built in a way to where it was not were, a major right. catastrophe. There were
1: interferences by Jimmy and Jay Uso, which I was surprised Jay, about. Jay's,
0: Jay's was very interesting because he's still conflicted. Right, right. He didn't actually hit Sammy's Zane. No, Zay. he didn't. He actually stopped Reigns from hitting him with a chair. Right. And he left. Yeah. He didn't touch Sammy. And Kevin Owens made the save after the match, but there was no physical interaction with them either. They stared each other down and Owens left. Right. So it just—I I think I think maybe Kevin Owens is a little conflicted too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, this is how story is done, and this is what this is what people want in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think this is an art that was so missed because, like, match after match after match, it's like, oh my god, can we have some kind of story? Mm-hmm. This is theater. Professional wrestling is violent theater. Mm-hmm. It's predetermined, but you need a story to make people invested people are invested with these two because Mm -hmm. story and that's just missing in a place like aew there's a reason why their ratings are the way they are Mm -hmm. you know like what what can you do this is textbook Mm -hmm. this could have been a wrestlemania and would have been great but to be honest with you i'm actually happy they did this here oh well yeah of course montreal he's from montreal but not only montreal but right after the betrayal right Something could have happened between right. the betrayal at Royal Rumble and now that would have made this make sense. Roman Reigns has both belts. Right. You couldn't separate them before. It's going to happen in Mania. It's going to happen the night after Mania. Right. So anyways, um, that's what we got. Yeah. What are we doing next week? Next week. Okay. So this one is weird because we have two pay-per-views that we watched and we're going to do a review on and we're waiting for that next week. And that will be... New Beginning Osaka that happened last week, and Nuff Said that happened last week. Right. That's what we're going to be covering. If you did enjoy this, and remember, remember to like, follow, subscribe, become a patron, get a hat. Links are down below in the description or in the QR code next to me if you're watching this on YouTube. And as always, be majestic.